Jesus prayed for his disciples, and then he said, I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Let's pray. Dear God in heaven, once again, we come before you this morning and ask that you be here among us. We trust that you have kept your promise and that you are here. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts, your thoughts. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Does anyone here know what the onion is? Not the vegetable, but the news source. I'm very disappointed in you. If you were good Christians, you wouldn't have any idea what I was talking about. Uh, For those good Christians among you who don't know, The Onion is a satirical newspaper of sort of fake headlines and articles uh, that I cannot officially recommend. In fact, like I said, if you're a real Christian, you've probably never heard of it. But there is a new satirical news source that I can recommend. It's called the Babylon Bee. And this is a Christian satirical news source. It's online. And to give you a taste of the kind of articles it publishes, here are a couple of recent headlines. Local woman searches Bible in vain for beloved footprints in the sand passage. Witty church sign sparks revival. And Jesus gets acceptance letter to Yale student's heart. (laughs) Funny, right? It's all fun and games until they satirize something that hits a little too close to home. Uh, Listen to this headline from April 18th. Congregation begging God to stop pastor from seeing any more new movies. The article begins, the entire congregation of Mechanicsville Church reportedly joined as one on Monday in intercessory prayer, begging God to keep their teaching pastor Warren Blake from seeing the upcoming slate of spring and summer blockbusters. Quote, we come today solemnly asking for a great miracle, intoned Deacon Fritz Foster to the grim-visaged assembly. We have suffered so much from Pastor Warren seeing popular films these many long years, and we ask that this great burden be taken from us, that we may have a sermon just once, free of movie quotes and references. Well, I'm not really sure what to say about that. Um, But you know what? I did see a really interesting movie the other day, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about it. Actually, I'm going to do that. Um, But first, I want to turn our attention to the prayer that Jesus prays for his disciples and for us in John chapter 17. Jesus prays that we would all be one. And this sounds at first like a politician, right? Begging Congress to set aside their differences and work, quote unquote, across the aisle. This is something that Everybody promises, right? If you elect me, I'll get people to work together. I'll get people to be one. 
And this is something that everybody wants, isn't it? Oneness. I mean, who is anti-oneness? The question, of course, is how to accomplish it. How can we become one? And you see, the way, the way that most people, myself included, work toward oneness is by going around to the people in their lives and trying to convince people to come around to their way of thinking. It's great to be one as long as we can all be one like me. And of course, no 21st century Christian can hear Jesus praying this prayer and not feel judged by it. Just think about the churches just along Route 42 here. Lutheran, Disciples of Christ, Episcopalian, non-denominational evangelical, United Methodist, Southern Baptist, and that is literally within a span of something like six miles of one road. We are anything but one. Oneness is so hard to achieve because it's so easy to look down the street at those other people and see how different they are from us. They like that kind of music, we like this kind. They like that kind of food, we like this kind. They raise their kids that way, we raise our kids this way. They use that kind of language, we use this kind. They vote that way, we vote this way. Can you tell that I'm not just talking about churches anymore? Oneness is so difficult because this kind of us and them thinking is so pervasive. Other people appear to be so different from us on the outside that it's only natural to assume that they're totally different from us on the inside, too. But I'm not so sure. For instance, I saw the movie All is Lost the other day. In this film, Robert Redford plays a man alone on a sailboat in the middle of the Indian Ocean. He is so alone that, in fact, there's almost no words in the entire film. It's just him, middle of the ocean, on a boat. The first shot of the movie is him waking up from a nap to find that his sailboat is filling with water. He uh, goes up top and he sees that while he was asleep, he's run into an abandoned shipping container that's just floating in the middle of the Indian Ocean. And I've been watching the, the film at that point for something like 90 seconds, and I first thought, well, I'd be dead for the first time in the movie, but not Robert Redford. We watch as he sort of surveys what's happened, sets about fixing it, and makes his sailboat seaworthy again. It's a really well-done sequence, and the purpose of it is clear. At the beginning of the film, they're setting up Robert Redford as a guy who can handle anything. He's not like us. He's made of different stuff. He's calm when we would be freaking out. He's skilled where we are not. He can handle with poise a situation that would send the rest of us running for the hills. He can overcome anything that the ocean can throw at him. He's like a superhero. With him, we cannot be one. But then the movie sets about showing us that we're wrong. After the incident with the shipping container, his radio and his electricity are knocked out. And then 
two different powerful storms come totally overwhelming even Robert Redford's expertise on the boat. And toward the end of the film, he ends up floating in a life raft, out of fresh water and food, in desperate need of a miracle to save him. And this is the key point. When the storm is bad enough, we are all the same. It doesn't really matter if the storm is bad enough, if it's Robert Redford or me on that boat. We all end up in the same place, powerless on the life raft, out of food and fresh water, desperate for a miracle to save us. No one can survive a storm that's powerful enough. It's like the Doors sang on their song, Five to One, right? No one here gets out alive. And this, dark as it is, is the profound way in which we are all one. No one here gets out alive. Remember that in our reading, Jesus isn't really telling his disciples that they need to be one. He's praying to God to make them one. And the difference, I think, is instructive. He's not telling those who are following him, and by extension us, he in fact references us specifically as, quote, those who will believe in me through the disciples' word. He's not telling us to put our differences aside and work hard to become one. He's invoking Almighty God to show us that we are actually one. And how does God do that? By sending storms. In a storm, in a bad storm, it doesn't matter what kind of music they like or what kind of music we like. It doesn't matter what kind of food they eat or what kind we eat. It doesn't matter if they raise their kids the same way as us or if they use the same kind of language as us. In a storm, it doesn't matter if they vote like us. In fact, in a storm, there is no them and us. I think I've mentioned before that I was a high jumper in high school. Do you know what the most interesting philosophical fact about a high jump competition is? It's the fact that the competition doesn't end until the last person misses all three attempts at a certain height. In other words, at the end, everyone knocks down the bar. The winner is just the one who lost last. <laughs> the real winner at any high jump competition is the bar. It just keeps going up and up until no one can get over it. The bar always wins. No one here gets out alive. And God's bar is his law, and that bar always wins. Love your neighbor. Love your enemy. Turn the other cheek when someone strikes you. 
Forsake all others until you are parted by death. Do not resist the evildoer. Sell all that you have, give the proceeds to the poor, and follow me. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Be one. No one here gets out alive. This is the function of the law. This is why it exists. It makes us one in our sin so that the gospel can make us one in our salvation. The impossibly high bar of God's law makes us one, makes us all the same in our sin, in our failure to get over it, so that God's saving grace can make us one in our salvation. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28, St. Paul writes that there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. There is neither Jew nor Greek. All the societal things that we separate us, that we think separate us, gone. There is neither slave nor free. All the socioeconomic things that separate us, gone. There is no male and female. The most fundamental thing that we think makes us different from them, gone. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. What the law has required, oneness, the gospel has given. In Christ, we are all one. It is done. There is now no Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. There is no high church, no low church, no Democrats, no Republicans, no contemporary music, no organ music, no Kentucky fan, no Louisville fan. There is no Baptist, no Episcopalian. There are no good people and bad people, we are all one in Christ Jesus. Jesus prayed, Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me, he's talking about you and me, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. So, no one here gets out alive. The law has killed us, each and every one of us. In this, we are one, but we are one in another way too. In Christ, and because of Christ, we will all, each and every one of us, live with Christ forever. Amen.